Welcome to the Cafe American Podcast. I'm your intrepid host, Christian, and this is yet another week in nonsense here on planet Earth. You can listen to me on Podbean, Stitcher, YouTube, and you can also find me, I believe, on, uh, I think it was, uh, shit, I don't remember. I should know these things. Uh, Podbean and Stitcher, iTunes, of course, those are the main three. And it has been a relatively interesting week for yours, truly. I decided to, uh, well, throw up all over the place until the point of no return. I had some sort of reaction last weekend, and uh, basically I threw my guts up and shit my brains out. It was so bad that I had to... uh... (laughs) Uh, Yeah, pretty much it wasn't any fun. And uh, so when you have an allergic reaction to something, make sure you pay attention to something like that because it is brutal. And here's the thing. Here's the thing about these people. It was really bad. So I had to go to the hospital for this. And when I was in the hospital, I told them what it was. I told them what the allergy was. I told them that there's a family history with all of this. And I told them everything they needed to know. So what do they do? They come back at me and say, well, you know, you should really be careful with synthetic marijuana. Uh, what? What? I told you what the fucking issue is, Poindexter. So then why are you telling me that, uh, why are you accusing me, before I'm even admitted into a room, of using synthetic marijuana? And I, by the way, I wasn't using synthetic marijuana, nor was I using real marijuana that day, the day before, or forever, forever, for, excuse me, however long before that. So, something is going on here between the hospitals and insurance companies or uh, pharmaceutical companies. Something is going on because why? Why, out of nowhere, when I told them what the issue is, before they even did any tests, were they accusing me of using synthetic marijuana? And then, by the way, by the, t- by the time I was done with all of this, they did the same thing. They still said, you know, you should really stop. Uh, or, or if you are, uh, please do not use and be aware of using synthetic marijuana. Shut the fuck up. What kind of bullshit is this? And I had some prick nurse. He was some piece of shit. I was doubled over in pain, and this guy has the balls around midnight to tell me to control my pain threshold and stop yelling so much. Well, if I've got nothing left in my system, I'm throwing up. And by the way, when I throw up, it's not just a, (laughs) no, it's a from my shoes. This is where it comes from. And this fucking idiot is telling me well you should really calm down i'm doubled over in pain i can't even stand up and i'm going to have some moron tell me to control myself no get me to a room and fucking fix me asshole jesus goddamn! <laughs> all right it's off to a great start so uh before we go into politics because that's what we usually talk about last week we kind of went off into a different direction, the direction of metaphysics. I don't think I did a very good a, a job of explaining everything, particularly with the, um, the, the significance of words, certain words meaning the same thing in ancient languages. Uh, but, you know, I'll reiterate it right now. So, for example, there's one word that means land, continent, and also planet in these ancient, ancient languages, okay? And they use it interchangeably. And subsequently, those names and those, and those planets and land masses are representative in their quote-unquote mythological gods, right? And also, there are words that mean ocean, abyss, and space. And those words are also associated with certain gods. Now, if you take a look at the tribe a couple of tribes in Africa, like the Dogon tribe, the Zulus, even ancient Egyptians, none of those people believe they are actually from Earth. They are there to maintain a society, or they tell you straight out, we're not from Earth. We're from somewhere else, mainly Sirius. Now, here's what's fun about that. We have the Dogon tribe, D-O-G, Sirius, the Dog Star, the Canary Islands. Canary 
is not a, the Canary Islands are not named after birds. They're named after dogs, specifically with the canine teeth. That's where that name comes from. So you're starting to get a picture here. This all means something, and it all has to do with dog, right? I don't know exactly what that could be. And then also a couple of um, – going along with that story, there was a couple of uh, scientists and also uh, undersea surveyors. They do a lot of things with uh, – or they're involved with uh, basically oil drilling and – Undersea discoveries as far as shipwrecks are concerned, they have found they have found an amazing amount of undersea ruins right off the coast of Spain, which, guess what, would be where Atlantis was purported to be. Now, this is very telling because we're seeing more and more of these stories come out. There's another story that came out this week with the use of of LIDAR, which is light radar, right? So radar uses radio waves, LIDAR uses laser waves, same concept. They found an enormous Mayan complex in the jungle. That story is old. However, they also found an enormous complex, I believe, just outside of Johannesburg. Now, people that know me know that I like Michael Tellinger, and I uh, have been paying attention to him for a very long time. Michael Tellinger discovered all of this stuff years ago, and they're only finally coming about it now. Now, those ruins outside of Johannesburg, they are all over the place. They're all over South Africa, and it just doesn't stop there. So these people really need to get on the ball. Now, they are taking the misrepresented uh, thesis of some German quack back in the early 1900s that all of these big enormous walls these these walls are like 12 feet tall and they are in giant circles they look like aeolis aeolis areolas something no they don't look like nipples well, i guess they kind of do look like nipples uh they look like those little pods in your lungs whatever the hell those things are called and they're all over the place in south africa and they are clustered so you'll have a group of these uh, circular structures, and then there's a path to another group of circular structures, and another path, and another path. And this goes for hundreds of miles. Hundreds of miles. This report uh, that was using LIDAR came out and said, well, there's an ancient city. It could be very, very large here. And these circular enclosures are used as cattle pens. Well, the problem with this is one, you're not thinking if you absolutely believe that thesis. Two, how can you get cattle in a 12-foot-tall circular enclosure with no entrances or exits? And don't tell me levees and pulleys are going to lift up the cattle and put them in there. No, that's, that's not the case at all. What we're finding out is, and this is all from Michael Tellinger's work, you can look him up, uh, T-E-L-L-I-N-G-E-R. He's on YouTube. I saw him recently last year in Arizona. I've seen him in New Jersey. He's all over the world. He's great to listen to. Um, you find out that really what you're looking at is natural fusion reactors, essentially, and they make immense use of electromagnetic uh, energy that is just naturally flowing throughout the world. You can take uh, I guess, devices that measure electromagnetic activity. I can't say that word today. Uh, and you'll find out that, that it is off the charts in some of these enclosures. And also people have been going in there and been completely healed of their illnesses because of the energy that is constantly flowing through these things. So what you're looking at is an ancient, 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 hundreds of thousands of years old, th these structures are, uh, they, they may claim they're only about 10,000 years old, but they go way beyond that. Um, what you're looking at is ancient energy devices. Now, what these energy devices are for, we don't know. It probably has something to do with the massive amount of gold mining in South Africa. That is that the gold mining in South Africa, you can find evidence for it that this stuff has been going on for tens of thousands of years, which would completely throw mankind's historical timeline on its end. And all of anthropologists and archaeologists, uh, they would be all over. The they would be beside themselves. They wouldn't know what to do, and they'd call you a quack and a heretic. I guess that is the modern-day uh, Inquisition going on. 
But it, it, trust me on this stuff. This is only the beginning. And we're going to start seeing more and more of this ancient technology coming out. And by the way, uh, Saddam Hussein had many, many French and German archaeologists and anthropologists scouring his country before he was taken over, before Iraq was taken over, um, looking for all of these things. Now, you didn't know that. And Syria is also supposed to be having some of those ancient technological devices. We're talking ancient, ancient technological devices that haven't been used properly or they don't know how to use these devices or maybe they do. Uh, it's it's hard, it's so far back in mankind's history that it's been forgotten about. That's the issue here. And the other thing is Libya had a lot of these devices way, way deep in its desert. You can go through Google Maps. You can find some really, really interesting things out in the desert. And now the United States, the United, and here's where we tie it in. The United States is going after Venezuela. Venezuela has been on the radar for a very, very long time. And now the United States has finally said, we are coming after you. Now, they let's be honest here. We have to say, assume that Venezuela has some sort of ancient technology somewhere. They may have found it on the seafloor with all of its oil drilling. They may have found it in its jungles, but somewhere they have found something, and the United States is upset about it. Of course, they're going to say, well, it's a socialist country, and, well, Russia is there, which Russia landed two long-range strategic bombers about two or three weeks ago in Venezuela as a show of force, which I'm sure many, many people in the United States are upset about. Also, we, see, we hear stories of Venezuela and see statistics that Venezuela is now currently pumping more oil and has more oil reserves, I believe, than Saudi Arabia. Uh, it had more than Libya. So, I mean, that's another factor to all of this. However, for some reason, the United States is outraged that Venezuela is not exactly playing ball. Well, and, and, and of course, we always have the women and children angle they can't even feed people well yes no they can't feed people and the reason why they can't feed people is because of u.s sanctions right the the, the u.s sanctions and all of the economic bullshittery that the united states and certain western countries play with or, or play in venezuela is enormous it's enormous and those are the reasons why you all these various sanctions and economic tomfoolery that goes on in Venezuela. That's the reason why there is so much unhappiness, so much wealth disparity, and the reason why people are just they can't even function. They can't buy anything. Yes, it's because of these sanctions. It's on purpose. It's on purpose. Now, do we remember the elections of 2016? Oh my God, election tampering. How could the Russians tamper in the elections of 2016 in the United States? How is this? How did they hack the elections? Well, the United States is doing the same thing in Venezuela. Maduro won the elections for right or wrong. And the United, just, the United States just says, no, we don't recognize you. It was actually this guy, Guaido, G-U-A-I-D-O. He's the one that won the election. We will only recognize him, and that's just the way it's going to be. And then you have another bunch of asshole countries saying the same thing. So, <laughs> what? You want to talk about election meddling? There it is right there. And then the United States decides to hand over Venezuela's U.S. housed bank accounts over to Guaido allies. Okay, so all of Maduro's money or people associated with Maduro, their money and all of the agencies that are associated with him, they're now going to Guaido. 
Why? He wasn't elected. That was as if, this is as if countries all over the planet said, even though Donald Trump was elected president, we're only going to recognize Hillary Clinton as president. We're going to freeze all of the Republican assets, all of Donald Trump's assets, and we're only going to hand them off to Hillary Clinton supporters, Hillary Clinton organizations, and Hillary Clinton herself. Hillary Clinton is the legitimate president of the United States. That's what's going on here. Now, could you imagine if Russia and China did that? <laughs> could you imagine if Germany, Italy, France, they said, no, we don't recognize Donald Trump. We're only recognizing Hillary Clinton and we're freezing Donald Trump's assets. Remind me to get back to Deutsche Bank, by the way. <laughs> so... That's what's going on in Venezuela. Steve, <clears throat> excuse me, not Steve, State Department spokesperson Robert Palladino. The certification of giving money to Guaido instead of Maduro, that's, it's rightly Maduro's, will help Venezuela's legitimate government safeguard those assets for the benefit of the Venezuelan people. Yeah, I'm sure it will. If they... <laughs> In a statement to British members of parliament, Alan Duncan. Oh, my God. He says, uh, but he added, oh, here we go. It is they who have to make the decision on this, the Venezuelans. And no doubt they do so. They, when they do so, they will take into account there are now a large number of countries across the world questioning the legitimacy of Maduro and recognizing Juan Guaido, or however you say his name. However, now here's the problem. <laughs> here's the problem. Uh, we have Mnuchin, whatever the hell hit that guy. And did you ever see Mnuchin's wife? Yeah, I'm sure that's for love. Uh, describe Petrolos de Venezuela as a vehicle. This is a company over there. As a uh, vehicle for embezzlement and corruption. Okay, yeah, I'm sure. it's There's something going on here. They want to topple Venezuela. It's been on the radar for a long, long time. There, another reason why they want to topple it is because Maduro said that people will only be able to, or countries will only be able to buy Venezuelan oil in the cryptocurrency, the Petro, which means that anybody can buy the oil with, uh, with Bitcoin or whatever else. So, I mean, that's another part of this. Now, um, another kind of wrinkle to all of this is the gold. So Venezuela obviously has gold. German, not Germany, London said, guess what? We are not going to allow you to repatriate your own gold. So, <laughs> so Venezuela and Maduro said, we want the fucking gold. Where is it? The, the London said, no, we're not going to give it <laughs> to you. Yeah, so I'm sure many countries are scratching their heads right now saying, well, should we really be giving England and the United States our gold right now? <laughs> so that's one thing. There was a mysterious plane from Russia that landed in Venezuela empty and supposedly left Venezuela empty. But there is 22 million pounds worth of gold missing. About a third, I believe, of its complete reserves missing. It just went somewhere. And supposedly, uh, Venezuela also is in talks with the UAE, uh, yeah, those altruistic individuals, to have its gold shipped over there. Uh, so a lot of things are going awry here. The gold is missing. The gold is going to go missing. Uh, Russia says that Venezuela also owes it $100 million in its next payment. It's a loan. So I'm pretty sure Russia and China are going to get their allotted cuts now that this gold is missing in the form of bullion, by the way. So there's a lot going on here. Ultimately, this on the surface, this has to do with uh, making sure that uh, cryptocurrency really doesn't take off. And if you're going to trade oil, you have to continue to trade oil in dollars. That's one thing. Two... They're finally coming. The chickens are coming home to roost uh, because they don't want Maduro in power anymore. Maduro is Russia and China's man. 
And they, Russia and China, said, yeah, we're going to continue to support Maduro. And it's so much so that it is being reported that about 4,000 Russian mercenary troops are on their way, if not already, in Venezuela to make sure Maduro isn't toppled. Uh, you have the United States, John Bolton, Captain Kangaroo lookalike with that ridiculous mustache. It was, uh, <laughs> I don't know if it was on purpose, but it could have been on purpose. It was on his notepad, and there was a picture of him with said notepad that said 5,000 troops to Venezuela. I'm sure it is Eric Prince's duty to make sure that the troops are not actual U.S. troops. More than likely, we're looking at either uh, special operations troops or the notorious drone strikes or Eric Prince's former Blackwater Academy Z troops that go in there to really make things up. So the ultimate picture here is we are looking at a new revolution in South America. They're going to topple that government. They're going to attempt a coup, and it is not going to be a grassroots movement. People really don't support Guaido. It's going to be endless war, and it's going to be another re way to get more oil. However, look for these ancient technologies to start coming out there is a bum rush for these ancient technologies all over the planet all over the planet uh maxine waters she's an idiot however she decided to come out with something brilliant she being that she can now subpoena things and start up investigations in the house of representatives she's looking at deutsche bank and Deutsche Bank, she got this right. She said that Deutsche Bank is one of the worst banks and it is notorious for money laundering and dirty dealings with individuals all across the globe, specifically Donald Trump. Now, who, once again, once again, it's not going to be anything really significant that they're going to find. They're probably going to find something along the lines of, Trump cheated on his taxes or he didn't tell everything about his finances. And overall, it really doesn't amount to a hill of beans. Oh, Trump did this and he didn't come forward. He is a liar. But it doesn't take away from the fact that he's still president and it's not impeachable. While he's president, if he's not doing anything, it is not impeachable. However, Deutsche Bank is in trouble. Not only are they exposed to a massive amount of derivatives and not only... Are they about to be combined with Commerce Bank? But they, Deutsche Bank has been known to allow the transfer of money between former Nazis and current Nazis, <laughs> including 9-11 including terrorist at large, Mohammed Atta. So, yeah, so she is right with that. She did get this one correctly. Uh, because you can do some research that Mohammed Atta was being funded by Deutsche Bank. Now, why was Mohammed Atta being funded by Deutsche Bank? You have to ask yourself that one. Uh, and also, you can find, there was an Argentine, Joseph Farrell, Dr. Joseph Farrell, years ago came out with a book. I forgot which one it's in. He has a number of books. He's a brilliant individual. He's completely captivating. Um, and he found this Ancient, ancient, well, not really ancient, about in the 19, I think, 60s or 50s, an article from an Argentine newspaper, if I got that correctly, uh, and it showed a check being cashed or, or uh, uh, being cleared by Deutsche Bank, uh, and the signature on the check is from Martin Bormann. So Martin Bormann <laughs> was the brains behind the Nazi movement throughout the 20s and 30s and everything else. So, I mean, <laughs> first off, Martin Bormann, uh, where was he? Second off, why is Deutsche Bank allowing the clearing of a check with his signature on it? Well, he was clearly alive, and Deutsche Bank was <laughs> making sure that the Nazis, the former Nazis, had uh, access to all of their funds. So, yeah, Deutsche Bank is pretty corrupt. And, you know, they're involved with laundering and, and all sorts of icky things. So congrats to Maxine Waters. You got that one right. Otherwise, you're a fucking moron. You should shut the hell up. And and by the way, stop laundering and uh, and giving your, your daughter an immense amount of money for mailings. 
you know, just stop the bullshit there. It, it's nonsense. Uh, more currently, the United States and Russia have decided that uh, we're, they're going to withdraw from the INF Treaty. Uh, so that means all sorts of great things. <laughs> so basically, what the United States decided to do is they are... They said the Intermediate Range Nuclear Forces Treaty is no good and we are withdrawing it unless Russia meets our demands within 180 days. And of course, these demands by the United States are never going to be able to be met because the United States wants something, but the United States will not um, uh, reciprocate in kind. So, of course... This is down the tubes. This is all about deploying, being able to deploy essentially intercontinental or, you know, in the INF Treaty, uh, intermediate range missiles basically on the doorstep of each other's countries, meaning Europe, Iraq, Afghanistan. That's more <laughs> so Syria, Turkey, and they're going to all be pointed at Iran, Russia and China. And by the way, so China says, okay, so uh, not China, well, China too, and Russia. Uh, they say, okay, fine. As far as we understand, the next step is coming. The next phase begins. Uh, namely, the phase of the United States stopping its obligations under the INF, which will inevitably be happen this weekend. And guess what? We're going to have to respond in time, in, in time and in kind. How about that? I can't read today. Uh, so, in fact, this weekend, Russia did just that they said okay fine if you morons want to play we will play too so they have decided to say okay no problem we're done too however russia has said we're not going to be deploying any short and mid-range missiles in in europe unless the united states does it first okay so more than likely that will happen our U.S. partners say that they are ceasing their participation in the treaty, so we are doing the same, said Putin. They say that they are doing research and testing, and we will do the same thing. Uh, so what happens here is that Russia outwitted the United States with these hypersonic weapons. And the United States has no defense for these hyper against these hypersonic weapons. Because when Russia and Putin decided to say, yes, we've got these weapons and here they are. Here's a slice of what they can actually do. The Defense Department said, uh, okay. Um, well, we have, don't have any fears about these hypersonic weapons. We have defenses for these. The United States homeland is certainly secure and you've nothing to worry about. Just keep moving along with your days. Within a week... There was, I think, almost half a billion dollars allocated to the Defense Department for hypersonic defense weapons research. <laughs> so, no, they did not have any sort of defense to this. And the United States said, well, this isn't fair. Okay, fine, it's not fair. And they said, well, we're just going to withdraw from the INF Treaty. And, and so all this other bullshit and more sanctions and more and more shit. So that's where all this is coming from. The United States does not have any defense against these hypersonic weapons. Therefore, they're withdrawing from the INF to deploy nuclear weapons within um, Europe. And that's, that's what they want to do. That's what they've been trying to do for a decade. And so now they finally are just, well, doing it. And this is another... Now, do you ever wonder, do you ever wonder why all of this is happening? Why is this happening? Why is the uh, is the United States and the West so hell-bent on deploying and using nuclear weapons? Why is this happening all of a sudden? The United States is saying, well, also, they said this in a report in The Guardian earlier this week. Essentially, the United States says, well, I mean, if we can get nuclear weapons 
uh, with a low enough yield where it really doesn't have that much of a, uh, a, a of a detriment after we use the device, then it really doesn't count as a nuclear weapon. <laughs> well, asshole, of course it does. Of course it does. Lavrov in The Guardian, he's, uh, he's a Russian gent, voiced his concern last year over a certain warhead and says lower even though this has this certain warhead a w76-2 even though it does have a lower nuclear threshold it does boost the risk of a nuclear conflict well yes of course thank you for being the voice of reason here apparently he says there are plans to put this warhead into practice, and it won't contribute to global security. Well, no, it won't. Thank you. It, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The result is that the yield of these weapons are about a third of the... So <laughs> about a third of the force of the bomb dropped on Hiroshima. Yeah, like, like that's not too much of a problem here so why is this happening you've been seeing this since obama it started with george bush the second but you're seeing this with you saw the, really a push towards nuclear weapons and a nuclear exchange under obama you have to really think about this on a grand scale in about a span of three or four years, the world has been brought back to the brink of a nuclear war and a cold war with Russia and China. The United States is engaging in another cold war, and they are looking for a nuclear war. Why is this? And I believe this has to do with ancient texts. I sincerely do. If you read a lot of ancient texts, particularly, and once again, I'm getting a lot of this information from listening to a bunch of talks and reading a great number of books from Joseph Farrell. If you read a lot of these texts, particularly the Epic of Ninurta, you start to realize that, hey, a lot of this stuff has happened before. <laughs> the Epic of Ninurta, according to him, I've glanced at it reads like a laundry list it is a snooze however they talk about weapons after this war that they supposedly had and these weapons are so dangerous that some have to be destroyed some can't be destroyed and some hidden and some have to be locked away and a lot of these wars these ancient wars in Babylonian and Sumerian myth and all this other stuff, a lot of these have to do with one warring faction trying to get their hands on this technology that the other faction has. That's what we're looking at here. We're also looking at, essentially what's happening is that there is a schism at the elite level Financial and political elite. I mean, you can't talk about one if, uh, without the other. There's a schism that's occurring. There is a realignment that's going on here. And you're talking about a global realignment. This global realignment is going to determine the future of the planet. And how this planet is run and the way it is going to be ruled. It also has to do with a great culling now this <laughs> the great culling comes from a quote by hillary clinton by the way it has to do with a great culling that's going to take place and that culling is going to come in the form of human lives that is why nuclear weapons are going to be talked about and you're going to probably see unless something astronomically different happens you're going to see a nuclear exchange and it's not going to be pretty, but it is going to be quick. Thank goodness, right? Be, and I've spoken about this in other podcasts, and this has to do this has to do on such with with so many things on such a grand scale, 
I mean, you're talking about you're talking about uh, global warming and climate change. It's it's part of a galactic awakening and a galactic shift because all of the planets in the solar system are going through this right now. Some sort of shift, right? Some sort of climate uh, climate shift, some sort of global shift where the poles are wobbling. Same thing in uh, on Earth. Uh, the North Pole has shifted incredibly quickly from Canada over to Siberia. Uh, Antarctica is melting. All of a sudden, they discovered 1,100 active volcanoes underneath Antarctica. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you know, there's some sort of shift going on. And when you see all of the waters flooding and icebergs coming uh, right off the Atlantic coast, some icebergs in perfect squares, you got to question yourself about that and, and really wonder what's going on there. And you start to see people like Newt Gingrich going down to Antarctica and uh, the Primarch, or I'm not the Primarch, the Patriarch of russian orthodox christianity uh going down there <laughs> it's a wonder you know is it are they really looking at penguins or are we seriously thinking maybe we discovered something in antarctica that they don't want us to know about um so this has to do with a shift so this shift comes just like any other shift it's a great cycle they're talking about a planet that's being discovered or coming into orbit with the with um with the earth and the solar system, is it's out there. It's beyond one of the asteroid belts, but it's coming through. I mean, you talk about ancient texts. They say the same thing. It's all coming through. So what's happening here is before whoever gets here to say what the hell is going on, those people being the ones in the ancient texts, the gods, the big people, before they come back, there needs to be a culling, a reduction in population. There needs to be a unified form of governance on the planet before these individuals and this complete shift happens. So that's why you're looking at a great showdown. There's also something in the form of a debt. I spoke about that too. That debt comes in the, in the way of an insurmountable debt that has to be repaid by humanity that could never be re actually repaid on any level. It, it comes in the form, and it must be paid in the form of lives and energy. That's why there's so much fear. That's why there's so much bloodshed. That's why there is never peace. Because this debt, there's two factions here, right? There's a light faction and a dark faction. The dark faction is really the one in power right now, which is why you see all of this bloodshed everywhere and discontent and fear and always a sense of lack. You can never really get there. This dark faction is the one in control. And they are the ones that are saying, well, we really need to repay this debt. And so they are saying, we will repay this debt. And it's going to be a massive repayment. Think about World War II in the span of, what, six years, five years? You had how many millions of lives perish? Now they're going to go for the end game before the actual real global shift. I mean, I'm talking about a pole shift here occurs. Before all of that happens, they are going to start with this. And it's not going to be pretty. Unless something, unless something astronomically fantastic happens. Maybe uh, awareness occurs. Maybe some sort of... Uh, maybe some sort of shift in the other direction occurs, which would be which would be uh, amazing. Maybe we're talking about disclosure. Probably not, but maybe. Who knows? Uh, finally, finally, before I leave you, Roger Stone was arrested, and something happened. Something happened here. I'll tell you what. <laughs> Lindsey Graham said, what the hell is going on with this? How did, why did Roger Stone get arrested with a whole bunch of SWAT team members for really fucking nothing? And why did this, why was anybody, why didn't anybody question Mueller in doing this? This is a dangerous precedent. And Graham's, a portion of Graham, Lindsey Graham's sternly written letter 
said he was concerned over the number of agents involved, the tactics employed, and the timing of the, the arrest, and whether or not CNN was aware of said times. Because CNN was waiting outside of Roger Stone's door at 5 in the morning. Now, if you're sending a SWAT team to go after somebody, why is the FBI telling people in the media what, what they're going to do, when they're going to do it, and who they're going to do it to? Right? So clearly there was a leak somewhere, and nobody's investigating that. No one's going after Mueller for this. Clearly. The American public has had enough of the media circus that surrounds the special counsel's investigation, said Lindsey Graham. Yet the manner of this arrest appears to have only added to the spectacle. He said that the FBI <coughs> Stone also said the FBI terrorized my wife and dogs, whatever else. And let me get the, let me tell you something. He is absolutely right. There was no reason. There was no reason to go after this. Go after Roger Stone in the way that he was, and then go and arrest him the way that he was arrested. Even Alan Dershowitz. Alan Dershowitz is this smug asshole. I, I personally can't stand Alan Dershowitz. However, I find myself agreeing with him on a certain number of things because even though he is a canyon-sized asshole, he does have a sense of what it is that makes American law just and what it should be. So Alan Dershowitz, and by the way, Alan Dershowitz uh, was absolutely outraged that he was fingered, so to speak, uh, about having a certain name and address on the Lolita Express, Lolita Express being Jeffrey Epstein's underage airline, or not underaged airline. It, it's not a fine wine. Uh, it was an airline that was run by Jeffrey Epstein so that it, people could go, high-ranking people, could go to Jeffrey Epstein's isle, island and basically snort coke, do drugs, get shit-faced, and fuck underaged women and boys. Or girls and boys, I should say. Uh, yeah, so that's Dershowitz is part of that. Clinton is part of that. They're all part of it. Uh, so anyway, Alan Dershowitz via the Gatestone Institute. He's right on the money. He said there is no legitimate reason for the arrest because what he's arrested for, Roger Stone, is basically saying, well, you didn't reply to us verbatim uh, with what our text messages and email records show. You don't need a fucking SWAT team to go after somebody like that. You need a couple of agents that show up to the door and say, guess what? You're under arrest. Let's go. That's all you need. Anyway, Dershowitz said, they, uh, for the arrest and the handcuffing of the presumed innocent de uh, defendant. Very important. In the United States, supposedly you are presumed innocent. You are innocent until proven guilty. However, if you're Trump or anybody else, you are automatically guilty by inference without supporting evidence. Anyway, handcuffing of this presumed innocent defendant. What was the illegitimate reason? The illegitimate purpose of the arrest was to intimidate the potential witness, yes, into invoking, not invoking his constitutional right to remain silent, rather than to testify as a government witness. Ooh, so you're arresting an innocent person to strong arm them into being a witness, whether or not, whether or not, what you are being a witness to is truthful or false. He continues, as Judge T.S. Ellis III, I almost said T.S. Eliot, who presided over the Manafort trial, observed, you don't really care about Mr. Manafort's bank fraud. What you really care about is what information Mr. Manafort could give you that would reflect poorly on Mr. Trump or lead his prosecution to his impeachment. And here's another thing that he brings up, which is a very, very good point. The ACLU has been absolutely silent in regard to the questionable tactics employed by Mueller. They, too, would have been up in arms had these tactics been employed against their favorite candidate and mine, Hillary Clinton. Their silence speaks volumes about their partnership with their lack of neutral standards of civil liberties. Congress must act to prevent these abuses from recurring. Yes, 
Yes, he's absolutely right. He's absolutely right. And the reasoning behind Mueller doing this, he goes, is uh, um, the, the reasoning that Mueller gave for arresting Stone like this. Dershowitz says the FBI, it's totally unconvincing. He wasn't a flight risk. He was as evidenced by the low bail and easy conditions of release set by the judge without objection from the government. He wasn't a high-risk person. He knew he was stone. He knew he was going to be indicted. And if he was, uh, <clears throat> and if he wanted to flee, he had plenty of time to do so. So the same is true of destroying evidence, wiping his electronics, or doing anything else that would warrant an arrest rather than a notice to his lawyer to appear in court at a specified time. Yes, he knew he was going to be indicted. He had plenty of time to flee the country. He didn't. He had plenty of time to destroy the devices that were in his apartment and house. He didn't. The arrest was nothing more than a show of toughness, a foretaste of what Stone could expect if he did not cooperate with Mueller. That's exactly what it is. That's exactly what this is. And this is the way Mueller does all of his dirty work. Judge Ellis also said the vernacular to sing, quote-unquote, is what prosecutors use. What you got to be careful of is that they may not only sing, they may compose. Meaning that people arrested in this manner will make shit up to get out of the trouble that they suspect they're in. Whether or not the trouble they feel they're in is actually the trouble that they are in. Due to the, essentially... Strong arm tactics used by Mueller. So this is once again another way to bullshit their way into impeachment. And he, and he leaves it with this. The power to arrest using armed FBI agents, handcuffs, and shackles must not become a tactic to be used by law enforcement for impersonal, jeez, can't speak, impermissible reasons. Nor should it become routine. Congress must act to prevent these abuses from recurring. So what is going on here is that you're seeing the future of law enforcement and you're seeing how Mueller is getting all of his prosecutions. What he's doing is, is and he's done this before, particularly in Boston, where he arrested and threw innocent people into prison to try to go after somebody that's larger that he really had in mind. He does. This is what's happening. Mueller is strong arming people, arresting people through via in intimidation with FBI agents and SWAT teams. And there's what he's doing is he's saying, you better confess or this is only going to get worse. And subsequently, people are lying about what they've done and lying about their roles within the Trump campaign, particularly any sort of evidence that could involve somebody from Russia. And they're making stories up to get out of hot water so that their sentences are lighter. Well, the problem is this. They're making shit up. Just like they did with the Christopher Steele dossier. So everything is going to be based on a lie. And everything is based off of half-truths, if not falsify, uh, false, false truth. No, well, you can't have a false truth. That's called a fucking lie. You get what I'm going. You get where I'm going here. So they're literally trying to impeach and throw out a president with everything. All of their evidence is based on a lie. All of their evidence is made up. This isn't a democracy. You're looking at a coup. You and, and all, you're a Trump person. No, if they were doing this, if Republicans were doing this to a Democrat, I promise you, I would be on the same side as the Democrats. This doesn't have to do with party. This has to do with what it means to uphold laws in the United States so you can't have rogue elements within the government that don't like certain outcomes try to kick other people out of office based on lies this is what it this is not what law should be this is not what justice should be in the united states somebody has to start 
another special counsel to investigate Mueller. Somebody has to start another special counsel to investigate the Democrats and Hillary Clinton and FBI agents and people that were appointed to the FBI, meaning Comey, people that were appointed to the, <clears throat> to the Department of Homeland Security, James Clapper and John Brennan and Obama. You have to start investigating those people. This is where it all started from. You little fucking sycophants, pull your head out of your ass and realize that the what it means to actually have a rule of law in the United States is being jeopardized and torn to shreds by people with hurt feelings. It doesn't matter if your feelings are hurt. If nobody broke the law, then there is no wrongdoing. This is a very dangerous precipice that we're on. And I don't think the American people have the fucking smarts, the balls, and the guts to call out the Democrats, the mainstream media, and Republicans that are responsible for continuing and perpetrating the lies that are going to be the end of what it is to be a republic and a democracy in the United States. So that's the Cafe American podcast for this week. We went on a mental suppository from metaphysics to ancient, uh, <laughs> ancient ruins, ancient technologies and weapons to, of course, Donald Trump. You can find me on Stitcher, iTunes, Podbean. And thankfully, there is going to be some great news. I'm, I'm going to start this project. It's going to be, thankfully, very, very good. I'm going to have more people on. I'm also going to be doing another podcast where uh, I'm going to be more metaphysical, more ancient technology, more energy based, and it's going to be um, it's going to be great because it, it gets me off of Trump and it really gets me to start talking about things I really really care about, and uh, we'll see where that goes. So Podbean, Stitcher, iTunes, YouTube, uh, of course you can find me on Instagram. Find me everywhere. Find me everywhere. Spread the news. I'm now getting a significant traction or a significant amount of downloads every week. So I suspect within a year, this is going to be a big deal. Until next time, this is your intrepid host for Cafe American Podcast, Christian.